Milo. Please forgive me. Uh, let's pray, shall we? Father, quiet our hearts, and Lord, may we have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a determination to do that which you've called us, each one of us, to do. We love you, Lord. Yes, and we adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning. Good morning again, family. On this first day and first Sunday of 2023, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Now, now that you've made and broken your New Year's resolution, uh, let's, let's talk about what lies ahead for us in 2023, shall we? Now, now let me hasten to say I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but, but I can tell you this. I can tell you this. In the next 365 days that lie ahead of us, you will have some ups and you will have some downs. You will win some, and yes, you will lose some. You will have some victories, and as sure as I stand before you this morning, you will have some defeats. And, and it's no way, really, folks, of, of getting around it, because we live in a fallen world, a world of sin. You, you see, I, I don't wish this on anybody, but in 2023, you're, you're going to have some strained relationships within your family units. Health issues will arise. Job losses, death of loved ones. But that will be offset this year by, by additions to your family through birth and, and through marriage. New job opportunities will arise for you. And promotions from within the job that you currently have. Simply put, folks, answers to prayers that will bless you this year. Here's another thing I, I, a thing I know. For the next 365 days, regardless of your lot in life, whether you're, whether you're up or down, whether you're winning or losing, whether you're a victor or a victim, Jesus Christ promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Now that's good news. So, so let's get ready for an exciting ride, shall we, this year with, with Jesus at the steering wheel. And with Jesus at the steering wheel, I can guarantee you that God has major plans for each one of you here under the sound of my voice. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11 puts it this way. For I know the plans I have for you, declareth the Lord, plans to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. In fact, I'm always fascinated by what God uses and who God uses to accomplish his purposes, aren't you? A, a great example is found in today's text. 
that was just read in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. So, so let's break these scriptures down for our hearing and for our consideration this morning, shall we? Uh, let me give you the background. Let me set the scene for you. Jesus was followed by a large crowd due to the miracles he had just performed in healing sick, the sick. Now, now, when he saw the crowd, he asked Philip, one of his disciples, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? It was really a test question, folks, because you see, Jesus already knew what he was about to do. So, so now let's get into the meat of the matter, shall we? Let's get into the meat of the matter, which is found in John chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. And I'd like to refresh your memory. I'd like to read those scriptures again for your hearing. In John chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Verse 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Here's the issue, folks. Jesus wants to feed a famished crowd of people. Does that sound familiar? Because even today, Jesus wants to feed us. Well, one of his names is what? The bread of what? Of life. He wants to feed, and he still wants to feed a famished crowd of people. So, 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 so let, let's break it down in sections here. Let's start off with the source first. The source. The source was a boy. Now, Andrew Simon Peter's brother volunteered a boy and his food in verses 8 and 9 of John chapter 6. Now, we don't know much about this, this boy, we don't know the little boy's name. We don't know his age. We don't know if he has siblings, brothers or sisters. We don't know who his parents are. We don't know what grade he's in. We don't know where he lives. We don't know who he was with at the time he was in the midst of that crowd. We don't know where he was coming from nor where he was going when he got caught up in that massive crowd. But here's what we do know. Here's what we do know. Where he was. He was in a mountainous area off the Sea of Tiberias. And we know what he had. He had five small barley loaves and two small fish. Let's stop here for just a, just a second. I have a question to ask you. And it's really not a trick question, folks. But the question is, as we face this new year, how many of us feel nameless in a sea of humanity, dare I say, like that little boy? And oh, by the way, undervalued and underappreciated as well. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus knows your name and he knows what you have to offer. Several months ago, 
I was watching a talk show that had a gentleman on it who had worked his way up from a janitor to the principal of the same school. The talk show host asked him what he would say to those aspiring to do something, anything with their lives. Here's his response. There's a thousand reasons to say no. There's a thousand reasons to say no, but find that one reason to say yes and do it. Well, may I suggest for the people of faith in this sanctuary and streaming live on the internet that our yes should always be to Jesus. You see, there will always be those who will count you out because of your age, your gender, your race, your education, or lack thereof, or your past. Remember what the Apostle Paul said to the young Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, let no one despise your what? Your youth. Let no one despise your youth. So, so God is looking for those nameless individuals who will say yes to him this year, 2023, and offer what little they have to him and watch what God does through your small offering. If, see, the challenge, the challenge before us this new year is to recognize your worth to the kingdom of God. You are worth something to God. God invites you to share your five small barley loaves and your two small fish, figuratively speaking now, with the masses. Because we all have gifts given to us by God who desires for you to use those gifts. Well, in Romans 12, 6, it simply says we all have different gifts, folks. You see, your five small barley loaves and two small fish, along with my five small barley loaves and two small fish, when given to Jesus, makes all the difference in the world. So, so like the little boy who is only known for his gift, let us be that nameless little boy who offers to Jesus what we have, which is what? Ourselves. Ourselves. That, that leads me to our next point. So now, uh, I, I, let's keep things in perspective here now. We have the source, which is a boy. Now we're going to look at the offering, the offering. What did this nameless boy have? He had five small barley loaves and two small fish. Here's what we know. Insufficient amount to satisfy this crowd of 5,000 men, not including women and children. In fact, it's an embarrassing amount to even suggest as a solution to the hunger of that crowd. So, so what we do know is that this is an impossible situation to resolve, humanly speaking. How in the world 
will five small barley loaves and two small fish satisfy that size of a crowd? So, so, so let me ask you a question. Again, it's not a trick question. How many of you feel like all you have to offer are five small barley loaves and two small fish? Again, figuratively speaking. In other words, you don't feel like you have anything to give in light of the great need that exists. And of course, if see, there will be those who will try to discourage you from offering what little you have to the Lord, but don't let them. Because little becomes much when placed in the master's hand. Oh, I said something there, didn't I? Let, let, let me repeat that again. Little becomes much when placed in the master's hand. You, you see, we have 365 days before us, which will afford you the opportunity of offering your five small barley loaves and two small fish to Jesus. And yes, the opportunities will seem enormous, so much so that you will feel like, well, what can my offering do to help this situation? Let, let me uh, share with you a story. Hope Clinic. Hope Clinic. Many of you know that name. You know where it's located at. Yes, I'm talking about the Hope Clinic on Harriet Street here in Ypsilanti. In fact, 518 to be exact, Harriet Street in Ypsilanti. In fact, Hope Clinic is one of our ministry partners, as many of you know. But do you know the story behind Hope Clinic? Let me share it with you quickly. There was a, a man by the name of Dan Heffernan. Dan Heffernan. We affectionately called him Dr. Dan. He was a physician. In 1982, that seems so far away, doesn't it? In 1982, he heard the voice of the Lord saying to him, Help my beloved poor. Help my beloved poor. Now, now, now don't, don't lose me on this now. We're, we're talking five small barley loaves and two small fish to feed 5,000. He heard the voice of God saying, help my beloved poor. He's a physician, folks. And he knew that in that community in which he was in, it was many who were underinsured. How many of us know that's a massive group of people even today? the underinsured. Well, he gave Jesus his five small barley loaves and two small fish, and he opened a clinic, folks, on Saturday mornings. Now, he, he's a full-time physician, folks, okay? But he heard the voice saying, help my beloved poor. So he opened a medical clinic only on Saturday mornings. Now, you can imagine when the word got out, the numbers started to grow of clientels coming to him for service. And as he got to know 
these individuals because he was ministering to them concerning their health, he, he learned that many of them were hungry. They didn't have enough food. And so he started a food bank on top of the Saturday morning medical clinic. Then he heard that the incarcerated needed ministry too. So he started a prison ministry. Now fast forward from 1982 to today, 2023, over 40 years, we have Hope Clinic, 518 Harriet Street, Ypsilanti, Michigan, that ministers to the whole person. They have a medical clinic and they have a dental clinic. They have a food bank and they serve hot meals. They have a prayer ministry and they have a counseling ministry. Folks, they even have a laundry mat. We're talking dealing with the whole person. But Hope Clinic might not be there today had that one man not obeyed the call of helping my beloved poor. Enormous situation, five small barley loaves, two small fish, 5,000 in my midst, but he opened that clinic on Saturday mornings. He did something, folks. There's a thousand reasons to say no. All you need is one reason to say yes. He said yes, and as a result, hundreds of people are being ministered to through the Hope Clinic. That's what happens when you or I offer Jesus our five small barley loaves and two small fish. Jesus does amazing things. But, but let's move on to our next point here. So, so now uh, we, we have the source, which was a, a boy. We, we have the offering, uh, which was five small barley loaves and two small fish. Now we have the response, which is really a, a, a double uh, uh, double, uh, because you, we have both doubt and obedience. So let's, let's look at the doubt here. And, and the doubt came from both Philip and Andrew, his disciples. Simply put, they both questioned the ability to feed such a large crowd of people with this little boy's food. Now, before we throw stones, before we get too critical we too would have a similar response to this great need, wouldn't we? How far will this go with so many people would be our response as well. So the pot can't call the kettle black. So, so here's what we know. Here's what we know. We know their doubting came from looking at the mass of humanity and what little the boy had to offer. Listen, folks, there's a world of difference when one looks at a challenge through the eyes of faith opposed through one's natural eyes. Let, let, let me say that again. When you have a challenge that's set before you, there's a huge difference when you look at that challenge through the eyes of faith opposed to through your natural 
eyes. Remember the uh, 12 spies in Numbers 13? Let, 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 let me refresh your memory here. God told Moses to select 12 men, leaders of the 12 ancestral tribes of Israel. Their task was to go over to Canaan. Some of you know the story. To go over to Canaan and check out, spy out the land. See what the inhabitants was. Uh, 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 see whether the city was fortified. See if, if the land flowed with milk and honey. There to spy out the land and come back with a report to Moses and Aaron. So they did. Twelve of them went over. Let me ask you, how many of you like grapes? You see, they said the land was so fertile over there that a cluster, you know, that you get at Myers or Kroger's, a cluster took two men with a pole to carry back to Moses and Aaron. That's how fertile the ground was. How many of us gardeners would like to have that type of fertile ground when we uh, plant our tomatoes? Anyhow, the 12 checked it out. They came back with a report. Ten of them, ten of them said, yeah, the land is fortified. Yeah, the land flows with milk and honey. Yeah, there's giants. There's giants in the land. Now, don't you know, I, 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 there, there was 12. That was the report of 10 of the 12. Now, all 12 saw the same thing, folks. All 12 saw the same thing. So while the 10 got everybody riled up, Caleb quieted the crowd and said, yeah, the land is fortified. Uh, yeah, there's... There's giants in the land. Yeah, there's, there's, the, the land flows with milk and honey. But we're more than able to take the land. That's what Caleb said. Let me ask you a question. Again, these are not trick questions, folks. How many of that generation, that generation, made it over to the promised land? Caleb and Joshua, right? Folks, we know without faith it's impossible to please God. In fact, we can't overemphasize the element of faith in our Christian journey, can we? The Bible is full of stories about men and women who believed by faith against all odds and God gave them the victory. Uh, let's do a quick roll call, shall we? Noah, sun shining, family, friends, and neighbors saying, that's old Noah, he's crazy, he's building an ark, and it's not raining. But we know the story. That ark saved him, his family. Abraham, God took him outside, told him to look up. If you can number the stars, God told Abraham, that's how large your descendants will be. Oh, by the way, did I tell you he was talking to a 70-year-old man? David, 
David. In war times, little David, in war times, Israel against the Philistines. The nation of Israel was hiding because the Philistines had this big guy called Goliath that they were all fearful of. But little David, little David, the shepherd boy, looked at that giant while all of his brothers and sisters, or brothers, excuse me, were hiding, and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that challenges the armies of God? And we know the story. Ruth. Ruth. Ruth was the daughter-in-law of Naomi. Naomi lost her husband and her two sons, one of which was Ruth. Naomi said, hey, girls, you don't have a husband anymore. Go back and find you a husband, have your family, and get on with life, because I can't help you anymore. But what did Ruth say? Ruth said, "Uh uh-uh. I'm going where you go, your people are going to be my people, and your what? God is going to be my God. As a result, Ruth stayed with Naomi, helped her, met Boaz, who happened to be a relative of Naomi. They married. From that union came Obed. Obed's the father of Jesse. Jesse's the father of who? We're talking a a Moabite lady in the lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, And finally, Peter. Peter had a bad day. Couldn't catch any fish. Jesus borrowed his boat. They pushed out from the shore. Jesus shared with with the group on the shore and then told Peter to throw his net over on the other side. Peter said, hey, Lord, I had a bad night. (laughs) I had a bad night. I didn't catch anything. And, And by the way, by the way, Lord, I'm the experienced guy here. I've been fishing. I've been catching fish for a long time. But he said, at your word, I'm going to do it. He threw his net over on the other side. And what happened, folks? He had to call to shore. Hey, guys, come out and help me. I got too many fish. You, you, you see, each of these stories, the difference was their response. How often have we said the same thing? How far will this go among so many? In other words, this is an impossible situation, Lord. As we face a new year, Epsi Free, we must enact our faith if we're to see amazing things happen for the kingdom. Let me challenge us to believe this year for the impossible and not doubt. Well, James 1.6 says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Folks, we're we're, we're not talking positivity here. We're not talking the eternal optimist here. We're not talking the, the, the cup is half full opposed to half empty. We're talking faith, faith plain and simple. 
and there's a huge difference. This leads us to our final point. That is the response of obedience. Jesus said, have the people sit down. What we know is Jesus is on the scene. And when Jesus is on the scene, the impossible becomes what? Possible. Ask the folks at the wedding at Cana. You, you see, Jesus makes the difference. But the key is obedience to Jesus instruction. Jesus requested that they sit down, and they did. And as we face this new year, Ipsy, as we face this new year, we must believe what Jesus said in his word and do it. James 1.22 tells us, but be ye doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving yourself. Remember when Joshua was leading the people into the promised land? Here's what the Lord said to him. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night to be careful to do all that's written in it. Then you will be prosperous. Then you will have much success. Make this the year, Ipsy, that you say yes to the commands in your, in your life that Jesus gives, gives you. Uh, listen, folks, if he tells you to run through a, a brick wall in obedience, you better know that he'll make a way for it to happen. Simply put, obedience and faith Spells power. Obedience in faith spells power. Let's say that together. Obedience in faith spells power. Let's say that again. Obedience in faith spells power. Let's say it one more time. Obedience in faith spells power. So, so what are our next steps here? What, is, what are our next steps? As this is the first day of the new year, we have a clean slate before us. As the Apostle Paul said, forgetting the past and straining towards what lies ahead. I press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Like the little boy, you offer the Lord what little you have and then watch what happens. Can we look at the uh, results real quickly? In closing, when a little boy offered what little he had to Jesus, here's what happened. Mind you, a totally impossible situation, humanly speaking. The feeding of 5,000 men with five small barley loaves and two small fish. I, I can't say it any better than the scriptures, folks. It said that Jesus blessed the bread, he blessed the fish, and then he said... When they had all had enough to eat. That says it all, folks. When, when they had all had enough to eat. Uh, this year, God wants to take someone, anyone, perhaps you in this congregation this morning, who, will like, who, like that little boy, will offer their five small barley loaves and two small fish and watch what God does through your offering. In other words, Jesus wants to do the impossible through you. The question is, will you let him? That's the big question. That's the million dollar question. Here's what Ephesians 3.20 says. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to the power that is within us. 
Here's the challenge before all of us this new year, including yours truly that stands before you today, is to say yes to Jesus Christ. And this yes is an individual thing. This is, this is not a group activity, folks. This is not a group activity. I can't say yes for you, and you can't say yes for me. For example, for example, you might need to say yes to tithing this year. That's your five small barley loaves and two small fish. Someone else may need to say yes to the fact that there's 52 weeks in a year, 52 Sundays in a year, and I need to be at church those 52 times, barring, of course, any major thing happening in your family. That's your five small barley loaves and two small fish. Someone else may need to say yes to being a facilitator of one of our community groups. That's your five small barley loaves and two small fish. Hey, get this one. Someone needs to say yes to coming. We're not even asking you to be the leader. Just come to one of the community groups. That may be your five small barley loaves, two small fish. Someone else may need to join the connection team or the tech team or the worship team. Those are your five small barley loaves and two small fish. Here's the point. The point is when you say yes to Jesus, amazing things happen. Well, the call of duty has been, been placed before us for 2023. Who will respond? And speaking of responding, let me challenge us this morning in closing to respond to the Lord Jesus. We've been saying it throughout this message to say yes to Jesus. And you can do that. Many of you have. I understand that. And boy, that's going to be a hallelujah day when we all gather, isn't it? But there's still many more who are out there who are lost, who need to hear the word of God. Maybe someone even in this sanctuary this morning and we won't, tarry, we won't take, uh, take it any further than we need to, but if you're one of those ones who just, just been putting off saying yes to Jesus, you have that opportunity. And what a great opportunity, the first day of 2023. Huh? How about it, huh? To, to, to pray this prayer, Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus, save me and forgive me from my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow you and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. That simple, that painless. Give your life over to Jesus. That's the best decision anyone can make. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the attentiveness of the people of God. Father, may we go forth in 2023 to serve and honor and glorify you as a church as well as individually. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. amen.